Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 15, beginning with verse 21. Then Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he didn't answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and Redeemer. Amen. Have you ever wondered how you got here? I don't mean in some grand philosophical sense, and I also don't mean in a practical sense. Did you take the subway, a bus, cab, or did you walk? I mean, how did your life And the events of your life and all the moments that have led you to this point coalesce in such a way that you are where you are, doing what you are doing, and how you are. For some, such questions might bring incredible joy. For you see the beautiful work of God throughout your life, bringing you to the point in which you now occupy. For others, however, there may be some disappointment and frustration. For you don't want to be where you are, or perhaps yours is a story still in progress. Really, all of our stories are still in progress. Regardless, I hope that today's sermon on Joseph from Genesis 45 provides you with a sense of hopefulness and purpose showing you that God can be and is at work as we are constantly living into the future that we are entering moment by moment. Corey Ten Boom was from a watchmaking family in Harlem, Netherlands. During World War II, her family installed a false wall inside their home to hide Jews from the Nazis. It was a small home, three or four stories tall, and they hired an architect, and due to the winding, 
complicated nature of the home, with the architect's help, they installed this wall with great success. And throughout the Second World War, and throughout the Holocaust, they saved the lives of numerous Jewish people who came into their home. When I was working on my PhD in Edinburgh, Scotland, my mom came over for a visit, and we flew over to Amsterdam. We were excited to see the Van Gogh Museum, the Rijksmuseum in Rembrandt's famous The Night Watch. We, of course, visited the Anne Frank House, which was an incredibly moving and meaningful experience. But we're thankful for the advice we got, which was to make the venture outside the city a 45-minute train ride to go visit the Cory Ten Boom House, where tickets purchased ahead of time were necessary. Because it was outside of the tourism epicenter of Amsterdam, because you had to have tickets months ahead of time, we felt like we were on a pilgrimage experience with others who wanted to have that experience. And it certainly disappointed. It was meaningful to see the hiding place, as the book she would go on to write was called. And it was meaningful to read of the heroism her and her family demonstrated throughout the war. But something that has something else that has stuck with me throughout the years is a tapestry that hung on one of the walls. This tapestry was much smaller than the one behind me, and it was, at first glance, far less beautiful. It was a tapestry simply made of threads strewn about a complete mess. The reds and the greens, the blues, the blacks, the browns, the pink, the white, whatever the color was, it was just an absolute mess of threads. And that mess of a tapestry has stuck with me ever since. A mess of threads, hard to make sense or see the beauty within. Hard to make any immediate meaning of. Turning to Joseph, the main character of our Old Testament lesson, the first thing we might think of when we think of Joseph is the amazing technicolor dream coat that his brother gave him. Joseph is an incredible man of biblical proportion. Certainly, he's found within the Bible, and there are numerous chapters. I encourage you to go back and read Genesis chapter 37 onward and read the fullness and all the experiences of his life. But he's also a man who, thanks to Tim Rice and Andrew Royd, Lloyd Webber, is a man of great mainstream Broadway fame as well, known most widely for his coat of many colors. The Bible, actually, in the NRSV and the NIV, describe that Hebrew word as ornate. But in the King James Version, they describe that Hebrew word that stands for ornate as a coat of many colors. And so Rice and Weber had amazing material to work with. And I can't think of Joseph without thinking of his technicolor dream coat. And so I want to run with that image this morning. And I want to imagine the threads that made up Joseph's amazing, colorful, technicolor dream coat. That robe of many diverse threads. The first thread of Joseph's dream coat, or better yet, the first thread of his life, 
was that he was his father's favorite. The Bible tells us now Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate or a colorful robe for him. Joseph was the youngest of 12 sons, and he was absolutely loved and adored more than the others, not just because he was the baby, but because he was the one his father and mother had always longed for. You see, and maybe you know, families can be complicated, and Joseph's certainly was. His father, Jacob, wanted to marry Rachel. She was beautiful. They had a connection. But Laban, Rachel's father-in-law, tricked Joseph into marrying the older of the two sisters. And then Jacob had to work an additional seven years in order to earn the hand of the one he loved, Rachel, in marriage. Families are complicated. And that's an understatement for Joseph and his family. To complicate it further, 11 sons were born to Jacob, to the maidservants of Leah and Rachel, and then to Leah herself, and then finally, the youngest of them all, the one who was born to the love of his life. Jacob and Rachel had Joseph. It was everything they had ever hoped for, the longing that they had always had. The first thread of Joseph's life, he was the favorite, and his father gave him a robe. The second thread of Joseph's life is that he is a dreamer. He dreamed some amazing dreams. Amazing dreams, great dreams for, for his life. But there was a long and winding road that he would have to walk before his dreams were realized. Maybe some of you are dreamers as well. Whenever I think of a dreamer, I actually think of my mom. She grew up in Richlands, Virginia, an out-of-the-way place. And I remember visiting there with, her, my, with my mom and my dad and my brother on a family trip from New Jersey to Florida and driving back. We went to this out-of-the-way place, Richlands, Virginia. And each night, for whatever reason, in this small rural town, she would turn on her radio. And for whatever reason, she happened to get the Chicago radio stations and she dreamed of getting out of that rural, out-of-the-way place to the big city. My mom was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer. And maybe some of you have been or are dreamers. And you know that it might take time, it might take hard work, it might take complications before your dreams are realized. But if you are a dreamer, continue to dream and work and wait, and hope, and persevere. The third thread is a very expensive thread. It costs 20 shekels. That thread is the price his brothers thought his life was worth. The third thread, perhaps the deep, dark thread running through Joseph's robe, represents his blood, his life. Joseph's 11 brothers were jealous they were jealous because he was their father's favorite. They were jealous because he was a dreamer, because he could see himself someplace else. At first, they planned to kill him. Then they decided to sell him into slavery. Horrific. The fourth thread 
in Joseph's life is an uprightness of character. You see, lives are complicated. Joseph's fourth thread is that he is a man of character. When sold into slavery or servanthood, he was eventually brought into the household of an Egyptian commander, someone highly ranked in Pharaoh's army, and this man, Potiphar, had a wife who really wanted Joseph. Joseph was a handsome man, and she physically wanted Joseph. But Joseph, a man of upright character, wanted nothing to do with Potiphar's wife, and so he shows us his character. The fifth related thread to his character is that his high-mindedness, his high degree of character lands him in jail because Potiphar's wife schemes and she lies. One day, Joseph went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were there. They were all alone together. Potiphar's wife caught him by the cloak, and she said, Come to bed with me. And he ran, he fled, but he left his coat behind, and Potiphar's wife yelled, and the other servants and the guards came in, and she lied, and she said that it was Joseph who wanted to sleep with her, and she yelled, and here's his cloak as proof. And Joseph was imprisoned. The fifth thread of his life is injustice, and that some people unjustly suffer. Life is unfair. The sixth thread is more injustice as well, because he's imprisoned. However, the seventh thread, and I don't really have a single word to describe it, The seventh thread would be a combination of that word that encapsulates perseverance, fortitude, and application of one's gifts despite a hostile environment or a consistency of character in unfavorable circumstances. The seventh thread of Joseph's life is his character, and it's an extremely positive one. In prison, Joseph remains true to who he is. The man he is does not change in spite of his changing circumstances. It's easy to be good in good situations, but Joseph is good in bad situations. And even in prison, he uses his gifts to the benefit of others. And he interprets the dreams of those around him, and eventually it leads to the eighth thread of his life, which is recognition for a life well lived. See, Pharaoh had some dreams, and Joseph is called in to interpret them, and by doing so, he earns his release from prison, and through hard work and loyalty, the same qualities he demonstrated in Potiphar's household, he becomes a man of tremendous power in Egypt. He has a consistency of character that he lives into at all times and in all places. The ninth thread is foresight and its subsequent success. He prepares Egypt for an upcoming famine, and subsequently the land of Israel, which is unprepared, is in a position of dire need. His 11 traitorous brothers travel to Egypt because they have nowhere else to go. Joseph has made Egypt into a powerhouse, a place that can survive. 
and all the nations, including Israel, stream forth to it. Just as Joseph's technicolor dream coat must have been made up of many threads, so too was his life. And here in Genesis 45, as his brothers come to him, now in this position of power where he can help, the coalescence of all of his life's events, all the threads of his life start to come together in a beautiful weaving, in a beautiful dream coat. It's an image, it's a moment, which only God can bring about. Joseph's story, his life story, is a long, winding, complicated journey. And here, when his brothers come before him seeking refuge in Egypt, the land that he is so powerful in controlling, all the threads of his life come together at the climax, not only for him, but for his family, for his brothers, for his father, for his nation, and for the world. Returning to the tapestry and that mess of threads that I saw hanging in a framed picture or a framed tapestry on the walls of Corey Ten Boom's childhood home. Returning to that tapestry which is etched in my memory, the mess of threads that is visible to you turns out to be the underside of the tapestry and you're meant to flip the tapestry over. And when you do, there is a beautiful, beautiful tapestry of a crown. Perhaps it's the crown of God. And what was a mess on the other side, the gold, the silver, the red, the brown, the blacks, the pinks, the blues, whatever it might be, is a beautiful crown with a gold frame and many different colors that represents the most ornate crown that the highest king would ever wear. Perhaps I like to think it is the very crown of God. And beside that tapestry is a poem by Corey Ten Boom. My life is but a weaving between God and me. I cannot choose the colors. He weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow. And I in foolish pride forget that he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. God gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. Here in Genesis 45, in the reunification of Joseph and his brothers, we see the right side, the presentable side, the finished side of the tapestry. We see the point at which the convoluted and complex threads of Joseph's life, chapters 37 onward, the dreams, the tragedies, the injustices, the whore, the high character, 
the love and the longing all merge into one. And we see the providence of God, the ability to bring good from evil, harmony from disharmony. We see the sacrifice of Joseph not to seek revenge, but reconciliation for his family, for his people, and subsequently all the generations that were to come. In Joseph, we see qualities of Christ. Joseph was in a position to condemn. Who was in a position to condemn, the Bible tells us, only Christ, and Christ did not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. The one who came in power came to save you. The one who came has the power over all the diverse and many threads of your life. And it may not make sense until the shutters of the loom cease to fly. For those who feel the threads of their life coalescing in such a beautiful way this day, that you're thankful, do just that. Give thanks to God. For those who feel very much amid the, the, the mess of threads, you feel that, that right now you're, you're overwhelmed and you can't see the way out and it feels like your life is this mess. Hang tight. Act and move with trust and hope. Easier said than done, I know, but I urge you to do it. Trust in God's faithfulness and power. Imagine the fortitude it took Joseph to live in prison amid the injustice and unfairness that he experienced from his own family and then from others. The Bible's a great book for those who know the reality of life. And what it shows us is that God might be doing something more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. If life's a mystery to you now, it's because you're real. And so was Joseph. Hopefully the mess is the underside, and God is weaving something big and beautiful, for we're not the master weaver. God is. So take heart and trust, and know that none of the singular threads that are running through your life have the final word. For that is God's, and thanks be to God for it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.